Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So the Bible talks about tents and camping quite a bit. I'm just going to briefly go through a few of the verses in the Bible that talk about tents and camping because it's very real to me right now. Let me tell you, we've had some interesting experiences camping, not just this weekend, but in previous years. I remember, I think it was three years ago, I arrived on a Friday evening from work at about six o'clock and it was blowing a gale and there was rain starting to fall and I had to put up my tent uh, quickly before it got dark. And so I was conscripting children from other people's families. Hold that peg, hold that pole, pull that thing, tie that rope. And, and everyone was getting a little bit jittery and I was in my suit with my jacket and my tie on and the wind was blowing. And I remember one of the, the tent poles shattered in the wind because the wind was blowing so hard, just went smash. And I thought, oh, what are we gonna do? And that whole weekend, we uh, camped with one of the sides of our tents lying right down. I remember sleeping at night with the side of the tent on the face and the wind blowing and it's just whacking against our faces. Thankfully, this year hasn't been so bad. Uh, we got a new pole for our tent for the one that shattered, but this one's a little bit too long. And so <laughs> it bows the tent roof a little bit more than it should. And there's this little dent in the roof. And so the water pools in one of the sections of our tent. And last, not last night, the night before, Brian, my wife and I were lying there sleeping and suddenly I just heard this noise doom, as a drop of water just landed straight on her forehead. And credit to her, she didn't make a big fuss until the fourth drop had landed. And then we moved to another part of the tent. But then our mattress was deflating quite quickly and our dog was sleeping on, on our bed and he was pushing me off the bed and we were on a slope. And I was on the downhill side. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't the best night two nights ago. However, last night was better. Much better. We got about, I think it was about five, four or five hours sleep. So who wants to sign up for camping next year? The great news is the fully furnished tents. Now those are luxury. Those are amazing. You get electricity with a fridge and a little cooker. You get a table and chairs and a bed and a mattress. And it's perfect. It doesn't leak. But you have to get in quickly because there were only five of those this year. And they all were taken within about a week of us. But some of the other people's tents. Boy, Sue LaManche's tent is looking awesome. She's got a blow-up bed that's this high. That's amazing. The only problem is if the air does leak out of that, there's this big cavity and she wakes up in the morning kind of enfolded in her bed. But she's done well, considering. And she got a, she's got two fridges in her tent. James and Heidi's tent, now that's amazing. It's got three, how many rooms? About four rooms in it. It's bigger than my house almost. And then Mark and Carol's camper van is really nice. But we've had a good time. You know, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, he says these words. He says, if this tent that I'm living in is destroyed, I have a house in heaven built by God. 
and he's talking about his earthly body. And then he uses a strange word, which only occurs a few times in the Bible. He says, while we're in this tent, we groan. And let me tell you, we've heard some weird groaning noises. The one snoring, I was going to say snoring, but groaning was a bit more polite. Two nights ago, there was like this weird reverberation chamber over that side. Hey Dorcas, it was bad. But I think I, I might have actually been the one who woke myself up with my own snoring, so I'm not going to complain. But he says we groan while we're in this tent. We groan. And the other place where this word groan appears is really interesting. In Romans chapter 8, and I'm just going to read you a few of the verses. Because groaning is a thing we can all relate to. You know that feeling of, oh no, is, this, is my bed really running low on air? Am I really going closer and closer? Is my dog really pushing me off the bed? Oh, there's that groaning noise. And the Bible says um, in Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole of creation groans, and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. He's using that same language that Paul used. He said, while I'm in this tent of this body, it's decaying. It's getting older. Every now and again, a, a tent pole shatters or a, a leak appears or I hear something I don't want to hear and it's flimsy, it's weak, it's blown around by the wind. And he says creation groans. We see there's earthquakes and natural disasters. He say we groan and we say, oh, is this all there is? And for many people, that's a surprise because you may have been taught in the past that this world is exactly the way God wants it to be. I wonder if any of us have ever been taught that, that God is... God is sitting on his throne in heaven and he's smiling because the world is exactly as he wants it to be. I want to tell you, if you've been taught that, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the whole of creation groans because it's been put into a state of decay caused by Adam and Eve's sin. And it says we groan as well. If you think, oh, I must just be a happy person. Why am I not happy all the time? I must just be satisfied with life. Actually, the Bible says the natural, normal reaction to this problem world is a groaning within ourselves. But then it gives a solution. It says in verse 26, Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings. With groanings that cannot be uttered. That's what happens when groaning gets out of control. I just want to congratulate the good dogs, Justin and Sully. Very good. And Laura. Well done. I think we should baptize them. They're the good ones. Good dog. Christian dogs. So he says, the creation is groaning. There's problems in the world. He says, we groan if we're normal. But then he says a third thing. He says, the Holy Spirit groans in prayer. And now we see a solution. When you see problems in the world, when you see groaning, 
when you feel a groaning and a discontent within yourself, is this all there is? Is this how the world is supposed to be? I thought God made the world good. Why is there pain and anger and hurt and death and sickness and problems? That's groaning. That's fine. But you must then move to the third groaning, which is prayer, where we take it to God. And it says the Holy Spirit groans with us in intercession. And then the next verse says, and we know that the Holy Spirit prays the will of the Father, which means we, we know we get what we prayed for. In 1 John, it says, if we pray His will, we know we have what we ask for. So when we groan with the Holy Spirit's groaning, not just complain, oh, the world's a mess, but actually pray about it, suddenly that groaning has a purpose and we get a result. And I'd like to close by reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Ecclesiastes. But there's a wonderful chapter that I'm just going to read to you. Listen to this. It says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. How many of us would consider ourselves young still? I'm surprised not everyone's putting their hands up. The older I get, the more I realize I'm still young on the inside. My body just doesn't realize it. He says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. When, while the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds do not return after the rain. And then he starts describing what happens as we get older. But he uses very clever picture language. And he's saying, remember God, because all these signs of aging and decay are going to happen to you. Just like my tent is getting worse every year. And just like my body is getting worse every year. Listen to what he says. Remember your creator now. And then he says this. Before the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down. He's talking about our bones and our bodies. It says, remember your creator before you go, oh, get like this. Before the grinders cease because they are few. I broke a tooth this morning. I just want to tell you. Eating my breakfast on camp. The grinders are getting few. And before those who look through the windows grow dim. These are my windows and these are getting dim. He says, remember your creator before you bow down, before your grinders are few, before your windows get dim. When the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low. When one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low. The sound gets low, less and less and less. Remember your creator. You see, we can groan and we can say, oh, I'm getting old. It's terrible. He says, no, no. Remember your creator. There's a purpose for this. This whole life we live is in attempt. You see, the problem is many of us think this is all there is. But if we realize life on earth is a tent and there's a house in heaven, a proper home, where there's hot and cold running water, where there's heating, where thing, electricity, I can plug things in, I can charge my phone, all these, oh, it doesn't matter. He says, before we're afraid of heights and the terrors in the way, the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper is a burden and desire fails. It's talking about we just don't have a desire for any, no excitement anymore. 
For man goes to his eternal home, mourners go about the streets. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or broken. He's saying before that cord, that, that fine little fragile cord that we call life is going to be broken one day. Remember your creator before that day, because after that, it's too late. The purpose for the camping that is called life is so that we find our creator and the house that's waiting for us. That's the purpose. He says, before the pitcher is shattered and the wheel is broken at the well, then the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. My challenge to us today, friends, I don't know how often this happens to you, but we have an opportunity today to say, God, I want to reevaluate my life. I want to think about life again and realize this life is just camping. It's just temporary. I can make my tent very nice. I can get a glamping tent. I can get two fridges and a really nice blow up bed, but it's still a tent. No matter how nice I make my life here on earth, it's still a temporary time and place. And the real life begins, the millions and billions and trillions of years of real life begins as soon as that silver cord is severed and I die. And I have a chance here and now to start building a house in heaven or at least putting my deposit down and saying, yes, I want one. And God says, yes, you can have one. But if I don't do it before the silver cord is broken, then this camping trip is my life. And I don't want to live my whole life at Rizal Camping Site. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to ask us to bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you so much, God. Thank you for the beauty of this creation. Even though it's decaying, even though it's groaning, God, we see, we see a sign of you in everything around us. God, thank you for our lives. Even though we groan and we struggle, we see a, a sign. We see something that you've put inside of us that says there's more to life than this. Thank you, God, that we realize that this is temporary and that you've got a house prepared for us in heaven. And Father God, I pray for every single person hearing my voice today, every one of us, young or old, men or women, every type of person listening to me today, God, I pray that we would today realize and say, God, I want to be saved. I want to have a house in heaven. I don't want to just live and die for this temporary world alone. I'm going to ask you, friends, just while our heads are, are still bowed and our eyes are still closed, to consider, to say, today might be the day where I make a decision and say, yes, yes, today is the day I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to hold the keys and the steering wheel of my life anymore. I give it to Jesus and then I know that I have a home waiting for me when I die. And if that's you today, we would love to pray with you. We would love to baptize you. We would love to spend some time chatting to you. So I'm going to close the service now. Um, but I'm going to invite anyone who wants to make that decision today. You say, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. We would love to pray with you after the service today. So please, would you come to the front? And then in about, I don't know, 10 minutes, we're going to do the baptisms. Maybe we could all lift our eyes now and, and look to the front. Matty, what's the story now? Okay, we're going to go down and baptize at Roselle Bay in the sea.
So what we're going to do in, in about 10 minutes time, I'm going to ask people who have cars who are willing to drive people down. If you could just bring your cars here to the near the tent. We probably, I don't know, some of us can walk. It's about a 10, 15 minute walk. The rest of us can go in cars. You go out of the entrance, out of the gate of the campsite and you turn right and you just follow that road all the way down until you get to the Roselle Beach. And that's where we're going to do the baptisms. In about 10 minutes time, we're going to start leaving. Um, but please, can I ask you, if you want to be baptized today, if you want to give your life to the Lord, we would love, we would love to talk to you. Um, so I'm going to close the service now. If people could come and chat to me and the rest of us get ready for that and we'll leave in about 10 minutes time. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.